All right, so as I shared with you guys last week, we were right in the middle of Romans chapter 8, which there was no way in the world I would do anything other than that. But Bill Cooper had uh, sent me an email giving me an update on how great of a job Ben had done on the Bible study. And you guys have been talking about prayer in the Tuesday night Bible study. And he said, I'd mentioned to them that you had a message that you occasionally did on the Lord's Prayer or on prayer. And uh, if you ever decide to chase a rabbit hole or God leads you that way, go for it. And so actually that night or really that night or the morning of last week, uh, God took me down that rabbit hole. And that's where we started. And we took a look at the Lord's Prayer and, and how to do this. And we were in Matthew chapter 6, and I'm not going to preach through the whole first part again, but he did. He said, if you remember correctly, he said, hey, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites. And, and we talked about that word hypocrite uh, is an actor. They had a wall with all kinds of masks on it, you know, the thespian mask, and the person, the actor would be behind it. The actor would go and put on a mask and play that part. Actor would come back, get a different mask and play that part. And so he says, when you pray publicly, it's not a performance. You're not an actor. It's not a performance. If that's how you do prayer and you're doing it for that, you've got your reward. And then he said, and don't do vain repetitions. God already, he knows what you need. You don't have to tell him a million times. You don't have to repeat the same thing over and over and over and over again. But he did go on and in this verse, he started in verse uh, nine. He said, pray like this. And this is what we talked about last week. And uh, you guys know this prayer, right? Help me out with it. Our Father. And we'll cut it off right there, all right? I, I know that many of you grew up doing a doxology after that in there and everything. Uh, but when he said, pray like this, what he wanted us to do was not repeat that prayer over and over and over and over again. But what he wanted us to do was take that prayer and, and take each part of that prayer and, and use it as an outline as to how to pray. And if we will take each part of that prayer and pray through each part, we will pray for everything we need to pray for in our Christian life. And so last week, we looked at the very first part, our Father. And I had them all begin with P words, right? So our Father, what was that? Our what? Position. You guys are good. Yeah, that's our position. Our Father. Not everybody can say our Father. Not everybody can call Him Father. The only one who can call him father are those that have been born again. We learned in Romans, we come into this world as an enemy to God. You have to be born again to be in the family of God. You come into the world born into the family of Adam. Nothing you can do about it. But when you're born again, now you're in the family of God. And you can say, what are what? <coughs> you can say, our father, exactly. And <coughs> I like the word. It's not only our father, but that word are. So you not only have a relationship with the living God, but now you have it with all of these folks here. How many of you can say our Father? Raise your hand and look around. These are your brothers and sisters, so you are not in this alone. Bree, is that not a cool thing? Man, wouldn't the devil love for us to just think we're in it alone and we got to fix it on our own? we got to work it all out on our own? But no, we're not alone, are we? There's believers all over the world. And so we're, once you give your life to Christ, now you can say our you're in a family. You can say, our Father. You have a position as a child of God, as a co-heir with Christ, and you have that position with thousands of other people. I didn't post much this morning or haven't posted much the last couple of days, but um, been kind of busy. <laughs> but I posted some this morning, and 
It just said, this is not my home. I'm only here recruiting. (laughs) This is not my home. I'm just here recruiting. That's it. And recruiting to get more people to be able to say our Father. So that's our position in heaven. Now, in heaven reminds us of His what? Power. His power. Because, man, there is nothing that we could ever need that can't come from heaven. Every, in fact, he tells us in Ephesians that there is a spigot from heaven once we're a believer. There's a spigot turned on from heaven, and, and we have this hose, where, which is the Holy Spirit, and, and we're the nozzle. And when we're tuned in, when we're take, getting our blessings from heaven, and that's tuned on, man, what we're doing is we're blasting people. I'm blasting you, brother, with, with blessings, right? It, it, the, the spigot from heaven is not for me to take a shower with. That's what we learned in Ephesians. It's for me to blast you and blast you and blast you. And when I blast you guys with it, what happens to me? It splashes back on me. So if we're busy blasting people with blessings, man, it comes back on us. And that spigot comes from heaven. Everything we need in life comes from heaven. God is all-powerful. There's nothing we need that can't be accomplished in heaven. He's all-powerful. The God who lives in heaven, the God who lives in me, He knows everything. How many of y'all know everything? How many can point to somebody right now that thinks they know everything? (laughs) Okay, you don't. So, um, God does know everything. He can do anything. And He's everywhere. I mean, dude, is that not the epitome of power? To be able to do everything, know everything, and be everywhere? That's our God. So when we say our Father, we're talking about our position in heaven. We were reminded of His, of His power. And when we think about the fact that we are a child of God with all of our brothers and sisters and everything we need, whatever need would be provided for us, and we're going to live in eternity in perfection, we're going to live in eternity with everything. There'll be no unmet need. It'll be total satisfaction forever and ever and ever. Satisfaction in Him. When we think of that, we get to the third part, which is our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That is what? What's the P word for that? Hallowed be thy name? Praise. So when you think of your position as a child of God, you think about all of His power, and you think about you're a co-heir with Christ, and you have that powerful God by the way, where does the Holy Spirit live right now, y'all? In you. He lives in you. So people pray, oh God, please let us have a Spirit-filled service. Hey, you know how we're going to have a Spirit-filled service? Who's going to bring the Spirit in here? Charlie, who's going to bring the Spirit in here? You are. And you are. Y'all want a Spirit-filled service? Y'all come in Spirit-filled. How about that? <laughs> Scott, you got a responsibility to bring the Holy Spirit in. Man, you come in Spirit-filled. We all come in Spirit-filled. We see life from God's perspective and what a beautiful thing that is. And so when we pray like this, our Father, my position in heaven, we got no other recourse but to just say, praise you, God. You're awesome. So we think of our position. We think about His power. We can just simply praise Him. When you pray this prayer and you pray like this, I want to encourage you. To just take it piece by piece. Man, wouldn't it be cool if you didn't, if you started praying this prayer and you started in the morning, you didn't even end until you went to bed? You should start. How long can you hang out and just think about the fact, our Father? How long could you think about everything that has to do with Him being our Father and our relationship with everyone else? And then you think about the unlimited power 
And again, when you think of that, you have no choice but to just praise Him when you fully understand that. How, many, how much can you praise Him? How long can you spend? Hey, Debbie, you got anything to praise God for? What you got to praise God for, sister? She just walked up, man. This is what happens when you come in late. What? <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> Did we plan this, Debbie? Did we plan it? No, we didn't plan it. This is just how God works, man. She just had some surgery and stuff. Man, it was successful. Everything. So, man, how, how, how much of your day can you spend praising Him? Some, all day, bro. So how about you start out just thinking about the fact that you're a child of God and you have your eternity set. How about then start thinking about the fact that everything you could ever need and ever want is found in Christ. Your full satisfaction is there. And start thinking about all the things that you can praise Him for. But now we get to the second part of this prayer. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Um, in the second part, look at this. Yeah, go ahead, JJ. You're good. All right, there we go. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and then we get, don't even go there yet. But all right, you guys got this part, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. And what's the next part, y'all? Give us this day our daily bread. How many of y'all like just spend all day doing that one? <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. Isn't that what we spend most of our day on? Give us this day our daily bread. That's number six down in the list. We start with, again, our position, and then His power, and then praising Him. But look at this, your kingdom come. I'm going to give you a P word for that. That is plan. Everybody say plan. He has a plan. Does God not have a plan? It is a very detailed plan. And it is set, and how long has God had this plan? Since eternity, forever. And can any one of you, uh, I know sometimes like, oh, I just messed up God's plan for my life. Dude, you're not big enough to mess up anything God's going to do. But man, you can't mess God up. Nobody can mess God up. God has a plan. And here's the big plan. This is the big plan. And we're supposed to be thinking about this. Again, this is not my home. How many of y'all can think about that? This is not my home. And I don't think until you start thinking about this as not being your home that you can actually be of great value here. Because again, the main reason we're here is to recruit more people, to basically bring more people into the kingdom. But man, God's got a plan. He brought us in here. Okay, we're sinners. He uh, brought us a Savior, and He saved us. But the next thing, all right, now if you're a mid-trib, I'll give you, you got to move your plan forward about three and a half years, but... The next thing on the spiritual calendar. What's the next thing on the spiritual calendar, y'all? The rapture. There's going to be a rapture. If you're a believer, and this is how it is. You're a believer. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. you that's like metal. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus isn't coming to earth at that time. In fact, we're going to be called up. So you have, it's like you have metal in you, and he's a giant magnet. <laughs> and so at, when he's time for the rapture, he waves this giant magnet. That's when the father says, take him home. Take the bride home and have the wedding party. And, and again, the wedding, you know, I, I believe what's going to happen is I believe that we get called up, we get brought up into heaven at the rapture, and now we have seven years of a wedding with Christ. We are the bride, and he is the groom. And man... Uh, some of you are like, dude, seven-year wedding, man? I, I always want to leave before they cut the cake, man. But no, this is going to be a great wedding. This is going to be a phenomenal wedding. You've never been to a wedding like this. We have a wedding with Christ. 
And so there it is, seven uh, years. If you're mid-trib, then you only have a three and a half year wedding. We'll, we'll, we'll meet you when you get there. But <laughs> just messing with you. <laughs> I don't, we don't know. I'm just pro-trib. It's going to happen. All right. And so the bottom line is, I believe we're going to be called up to heaven. And for seven years, we have a wedding. But at the time, uh, and understand this, this is equally part of the plan. During that seven years, the world is going to experience the worst time it has ever experienced. It's called the tribulation period. For three and a half years, it may be okay, may be palatable, because the Antichrist is going to come, and he's going to have a one-world government, a one-world economy, and he's... Um, uh, one world and a one world religion. And through those things, he will then present to be the Christ and the Jews especially will believe that he is their Messiah. They're going to have a temple again to be able to worship. The world is going to be sucked in because there's going to be a one world government. All those without Christ will be living in that time thinking at the beginning it's good. In fact, in Revelation 6, we start off with a white horse. It's a false peace. And it's a false peace. We don't know how long it takes, but... At some point, he does something messed up, and all of a sudden, we have a red horse, which is worldwide war. Then we have, after that, we have this, uh, I want to say, uh, uh, ashen horse. We have, we have famine after that. Then we have pestilence after that. Then we have, in the fifth seal, we have people under the altar crying, God, do you know what's going on down there right now? God, do you? Because as soon as people get saved, they come to heaven and they're, and they're martyred. As soon as they get saved during that tribulation, and many people will get saved, but man, they're going, God, do you know what's going on? How long are you going to have this? And God says, until I'm done. And then all of a sudden, there's cataclysmic, just everything blows up. This is what's happening in the seven years of tribulation while we're having a wedding. What's going to happen to the earth? This is a fact. This is God's plan. You get to choose which side you want to be on. Do you want to be in a wedding or do you want to be in the ultimate destruction of this planet? He's going to bulldoze it. He's going to take it under. He's going to destroy it. Again, man, that's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is what's going to happen in God's plan. And I think if you truly, if we truly understand and we meditated on this and we thought about this, your kingdom come. I don't know if anybody, any of y'all ever meditated on just that thought. Your God's plan. Take some time and think about it. Think about what it means for us as believers. Your kingdom come. Are you ready for Charlie? Are you ready for God's kingdom? Yes. As soon as he's ready, dude, do it. Bring it on. It's going to be a kingdom of perfection. Never to be run by man. I will not be in a system run by man ever again. I'll be in a system that is run by an almighty, perfect God. Amen? <coughs> and that's what's going to happen to me as a believer. But for those who are not believers, you do understand they're going through the worst time the world's ever gone through. It's going to be destroyed. And even while it's being destroyed, they're going to be shaking their fist at God going, God, get out of here. God's going to be sending an angel, maybe a helicopter. I don't know the technology, but he's going to be flying over and flying around saying, hey, this is me, God, doing this. Repent. Come to me. I'm going to. You wouldn't listen during grace. You wouldn't listen during love. You wouldn't listen during mercy. This is mercy. I'm going to keep destroying all of this. Because I want you to surrender to me because it's going to be way better if you surrender to me. And he's flying around telling them, please, just surrender to me and you can escape this. 
And they're shaking their fist at him saying, get out of here. Quit messing up my world. Quit messing up my life. Because they're so prideful and so stubborn. Man, and there's people doing that right now. So there's two sides of this plan. What a glorious plan. Hey, for us, you know what happens next? And those who die as believers during the tribulation period who do give their life to Christ, at the very end, what he does, he destroys it. It's gone. And then there's a new earth. This is what the Jews were looking for. They thought that the Messiah was going to come and bring in, usher in this new earth that you can read all about in the Old Testament where the lion lays with the lamb. You all know those verses? Man, where the child, little baby, can lie at the, at the, at the den of a cobra you know, and not get bit and not get... It's going to be back to Eden-like. Eden-like. And that's at the end of that seven years. That's for us. We've only got a little bit of time left on this planet. And when, when we get raptured out of here, how many of y'all think this wedding thing is going to be pretty horrible? How many of y'all think it's going to be pretty awesome? Yeah! When you live my plan, you know, God's plan. God's, that your kingdom come. And by the way, the more you pay attention to your kingdom come, your plan, God, the less important whose plans become. And what gets you upset so often in life? Your plans. Your plans. How many of y'all get ticked off because your plans aren't working out? What I'm saying, right? Your plans. But if you take this prayer and think, okay, my father, okay, good. I've got eternity set. Doesn't matter what happens here. All right, that, that's a good start. And, and I'm in this not alone. I'm in it with other people. So I got other people to pray with me, other people to comfort me, other people to help me out. And man, and, and, and whatever needs to happen is not out of God's realm. If something needs to happen, he's got the power. Man, God praise you. And it's amazing what praising can do. Y'all remember that little kid song, anybody? I'm not going to sing it. It's amazing what praising can do. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, um, they didn't get their voices from me. But, <laughs> but it's amazing what praising can do. It changes your whole attitude, changes everything. And then now you think about your kingdom come. Dude, if God's eternal kingdom is going to come, how bad is it when your little temporal plan doesn't go through? God's plan is going to work. And, and, and you're going to see how this works all together. But the first thing that's important is thinking about God has a plan. So again, after this seven-year tribulation period, he destroys the earth and everything in this earth. So if that's the thing that you love, is this earth and all the things of this earth, all the things of this world. That's why it's said so often in the New Testament, don't love the world. Don't love the things of the world. Don't love those things. Love Christ. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you. Don't love this world because what's going to happen to this world? It's going to get blowed up. I'm just saying. You, you know, we talk about global warming and Peter. How does he say he's going to destroy it? With fire. So they kind of know. We kind of know he's going to, this place is going to be gone. And then he's going to create a brand new earth. All the unrighteous at the end of the tribulation period. All the ones who never came through. Right now, we have mercy. We have grace. He's giving us grace, the desire and ability to surrender our life to him. And, and love. that He's trying to encourage us to love to surrender to him. Once the tribulation hits, now it's going to be wrath. And it's like, okay, did, you ever, did your parents ever have to whoop the tar out of you? Any of y'all ever have to have the tar whooped out of you? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm there too. You know, 
It was like, you wouldn't listen to love. You wouldn't listen to this. That's a tribulation period. He's going to whoop the tar out of some folks. Like, Uncle, I give up. And you get, they give their life to God, but immediately they get killed and they get martyred. But then they're now believers. And in the millennial kingdom, we're going to... How, how long is a millennial? <coughs> a thousand years. I'm looking at some pretty old people in here, man. No, I'm just... <laughs> I don't have a mirror in front of me, but a thousand years? How many of y'all are even close to a thousand years? How many of y'all even can fathom what a thousand years is like? You know, we get so upset about the things of this planet, the things of this world, the things of going, that are going on. Part of God's plan is for a thousand years after He destroys this place. <gasps> you mean the manatees and the turtles and all the things I have a license plate for? I'm just saying. Yeah! but he's going to create a brand new earth. And it's going to be perfect, Eden-like. And how long is it going to last for? Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine a thousand years of perfection? I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. That's where we get to live for a thousand years. And by the way, at the beginning of that, he takes Satan and he wraps him up in chains and he throws him into the pit and he's stuck there. For a thousand years. And at the end of that thousand years, he lets him out, and Satan basically comes out and uh, gets, convinces some people from the four corners of the earth to go fight God's people, and God just goes and blows them away, and it's gone. Then there's the great white throne judgment. The judgment where you're ba- it comes down to whether you want to be judged according to your works or the works that Christ did. And you can read that at the end of Revelation, but bottom line is there's books that are opened. And the books that are opened are books that have all of our good and bad deeds recorded, right? And, and, and some people, you know, they died thinking they wanted to be judged by those. What did he say in Isaiah? If you just took your best works and presented them to God, they're like, what? Filthy rags. Go look up what that actually means. Your best works are like gross, filthy rags to God. That's why we needed a Savior in Christ. So if you want to be judged by those, by the books, he said you're going into the eternal lake of fire. That's the final judgment, and that's the final house. That's the final place for all those that decided they wanted to be judged by their own works. But for those of us that said, dude, my works ain't good. I blew perfection a long time ago. I blew perfection this morning. There's no way. God, I need mercy. I need you. And he said, what he did on the cross, his perfection could be applied to my life forever. For me, my name's written in the book of life. And I get to go to heaven forever. So check this out. I mean, it's not that bad. We got to go on boats this week, right? We got, got my garage clean. Got, a lot of, got to go to the fair with my grandkids. There's good junk going on. But, man, how many of y'all are tired of this place? How many of y'all want to spend forever in this place? How many are like, no, this place is so good? No, it's disintegrating. We're watching it happen. And, and, and all of that, the darker this world gets, the lighter our, the brighter our light can shine for Christ if we have an eternal mindset. But again, that's part, of this, that's part of this prayer. I don't think a lot of people pay attention to this part of the prayer. Thy, your kingdom come. I bet if we thought about that every day, what it meant for His kingdom to come, 
Man, we would, we would be ready for it. We'd be excited about it when you really do think about the fact that when we leave here, we have a seven-year wedding, we have a thousand years in an Eden-like paradise, and then we have an eternity in perfection. Dude, is that a bad deal or what? No. There's no better deal than that. That's what you're supposed to be. Man, when you start thinking about that, your kingdom come, and you're thinking about, about that. What your, it's going to look like for you. Can you hang out for a few more minutes here? Can you just behave for a few more minutes here? Can you just put away yourself in your plan for a few more minutes here? Because that's what it really is. It's only a few more seconds here compared to eternity, which is what we've got. You understand when we leave this place, it's never going to be bad again. We won't, there'll be no more sin, no more sickness, no more suffering, nothing like that. It's going to be perfection. I want you just to look at somebody next to you and, and think about the fact that they're going to be perfect. How many of y'all are going to like just shake your head and go, oh man, God, you got a lot of work to do. <laughs> if nothing else, look at me, dude. I'm just saying, we're going to be perfect in a perfect place with a perfect God. And, 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 and how long? It's for this big, and we've got this much time left on this little planet, but that's where we focus. So when we start thinking about my father, I have a relationship with God that I, I didn't do anything to deserve. I didn't do anything to earn it so I can never lose it. I've got this relationship with him <coughs> and, and I'm not in it alone. I'm in it with other brothers and sisters and I am so grateful. So many of y'all are praying for me today. Because I told you, you want better messages? Pray for them. Pray for me. <laughs> that's, a, that's how you get better messages. But, but man, so I'm in this... In this and anything we need, that we truly do need, God can provide because He's got all that power. And all we can do is praise Him. Right, Debbie? Man, we just praise Him and praise Him. But then we start thinking about your plan, God. Thy kingdom come. That's God's plan. Hey, so what I just told you, you can read that in Scripture. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to pick this up. You, don't, you know, Satan wants you to be scared of Revelation because it's one of the few books that God actually says you will be blessed by reading it. He said you'll be blessed by doing it. <laughs> and you'll be blessed by understanding it when He gives you understanding. And now, I'm telling you, when it all comes down, we're probably all wrong in our eschatology. We got, none of us know all the details. But here's what we do know. We know that He's coming back. We know that, he's gonna, we, we know that we're going to be with Him forever. We know He's going to destroy this place. We know, that it, we know that we have... We know all those things I just told you. Just read it so that your kingdom come. That's his what? What's the P word for that? Plan. Now look at this next part. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God has a plan. Steve, you got a purpose. <laughs> you, Steve, you got a purpose, brother. Isn't that great? I mean, that you have a purpose, Rita? He's got a purpose, right? And, and, and so again, this is your purpose in his plan. That's how we have to look at it. We have these purposes. Well, what's my purpose? Well, my purpose is this and that and the other. But your purpose is to, is, is to be a part of His plan. You have a privilege to be part of His plan. So how do you fulfill your purpose in His plan? Look at this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven, what are people doing? Exactly what God wants them to do. And guess what your purpose is here? To do exactly what God wants you to do. The same way you're going to do in heaven, we shoot for that here. I just don't have a purpose in life anymore. I mean, literally, we all kind of hit this sometimes, right? 
Because all of our purposes, your kids grow, grandkids move, different things happen. It was like all the things we put our purpose in. But according to this, play, this prayer, our purpose is, is to do what God wants us to do daily on a moment-by-moment basis. That's our purpose. Life's going to change. How many of y'all know that? Health's going to change. Finances are going to change. Plans are going to change. And if your purpose is found in, in these different temporal things, you're going to find yourself without a purpose. But if you find yourself with a purpose in God's plan, then guess what? It just adapts. Whatever situation you got me in right now, God, I'm in that situation, so let me do what you want me to do. The same way if I was in heaven, help me fulfill my purpose here on this planet by doing what you want me to do right now. Right? Your kingdom come, that's God's plan. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's your purpose in His plan. Do we have the ability to do that? As believers, we have the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside us, right? The Holy Spirit that lives inside us will empower us, will will give us the ability. In fact, He said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when He told them, when you get the Holy Spirit, you're going to get power. Everybody looks, ooh, power. Man, I got free way. I I can take this power and use it any way I want, any way. No! He said, you're going to get the Holy Spirit and you're going to get power to be witnesses for me. So you know what a witness is? A witness is somebody that can tell somebody else what happened in a situation. And if you're going to be a witness for God, what that means is every situation you face, you are going to have the power to do it God's way. That's what that power is for, the power to do it God's way. You have that. That's what the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit is, for you to do God's will. So you have that ability. So how do you get that ability? Sometimes you got to ask, right? I'll tell you a story in a minute, but look at this. The next part, you guys know this part, right? How many of y'all know this part? Give us this day our daily bread. All right? Again, we know give us this day, not this month. How many of y'all would like to have a five-year supply? (laughs) Wouldn't you sometimes like to have a five, ten-year supply? But he says daily, and a day is just a little microcosm of eternity. It's just a blip in eternity. But he wants us to walk with him, to ask him day by day for our daily bread. Bread is what we need. This is our provision. But check this out. This is our provision to fulfill our purpose in his plan. Thy kingdom come, that's the what? Thank you all two of you. Help me out again. Come on. Uh, 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 go back again. This is plan. Yes. And, and I, I got to go back, man. <laughs> I got to go back. Y'all blew me. I had it, man. I had it. Your kingdom come. That's what? Plan. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. That is your. In his plan, give us this day our daily bread. That's our provisions for his purpose or for our purpose in his plan. You see how that works? If God wants you to do something, he will provide what you need to be able to do it. But if, okay, God, give me a brand new F-350 jacked up with big old monster truck. Give me a monster truck, God. Woohoo, man. And I know some of y'all are looking for a Ferrari, dude. I'm a redneck. I want monster trucks, so. But I'm just saying, you know, with surf racks on it, Chuck. But, um, man, monster truck. 
That's what I'm love. You know, give me all that. And God's like, well, wait a minute. Why would I give you that? And if it doesn't fit my purpose, if it's not something I can use for my purpose and his plan, then it's really not something I need, right? And, and how many of y'all ever ask for stuff you don't need? <laughs> and, and you get it. And what happens when you have stuff you don't need? You have to clean out your garage. I'm just saying, it's like, yeah, no, but literally in life, isn't that in life? Whether it's a time garage, whether whatever it is, a scheduling garage. I mean, I'm just saying, you don't want stuff you don't need. That's what covetousness is. Covetousness is the 10th commandment. And if you violate that 10th commandment, you want something so bad, you're, you would be willing to violate all the other nine commandments. You'd murder for it. You, you would do whatever it took to get it. Covetousness is wanting something God doesn't want you to have. When we're not using everything he's given us the way we need to use it. If we just used what he wanted us, to, what he's already given us properly, I think we'd be satisfied. But I think it's going through this, this part of the prayer now. Spending time in this part of the prayer. Your kingdom come. God, you got a plan. And you got a plan. You got, I got a bright future, right? Man, we got a bright future. It's a great future. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth <coughs> as it is in heaven. That's my, that's my purpose on a daily basis. Now, God, give me what I need to be able to fulfill that. And it's not necessarily things. I'll tell you this story and I'm going to end. Listen, we were out on the boat. Julie, you were on the boat and Ethan was on the boat. And who else was on the boat with me? Oh, yep, you were on the boat. Yeah, Lynn, Lynn was on the boat with me. And Ashley was on the boat. And JJ was on the boat. And Keone, really the biggest thing is Ke Keone and Ethan were on the boat. And, and here we are. We're going down the cove, man. And we're getting ready to leave. We had a great day. We're going through the, to the cove to get out to the inlet. And there's a channel between the mangroves and, you know, the sandbars and everything. Well, I'm going down the side like I normally go. And all of a sudden, there's a, you probably had to pass him, but there was a boat right there. He was, yeah, he was, he was, he was on the west side of the channel, casting to the east side of the channel with all of his people that were paying. And, and I'm going, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And he's up there on his boat going, whoa, whoa. And, and JJ says, I think he wants you to move. I'm like, but there's a sandbar there. I know these waters, there's a sandbar. And yes, we've had high water, but dude, who in the world takes a charter boat and puts it on the west side of a channel to cast all the way across the channel and so no boats can get through? And I'm just like, wait, what? And so when I saw that, ah, because ah, I am the king of the cove. And I know the rules, and I'm there all the time. <laughs> and this Yahoo, he was totally snowbirding it like y'all were that one time. Remember when y'all were stuck there, and I'm going, hey, and then it was Steve and them. But, but you guys never, you never docked there ever again, right? That's right. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it was such a tourist move, dude. And I'm just like, oh, come on, man. And I wish I would have thought of this because I had a hundred reasons why I was right. 
So I'm going to tell you how it all kind of went down. I'm going, and I'm, I'm just heading right for him, just nice and putzing, and I move over. I went over, and I said, dude, this is not a good deal. I said, there's a sandbar right here. And he's like, there's five foot of water right there. And I said, no, there's a sandbar sometimes, and you're not supposed to be there. He's like, I can be here if I want, you know. And anyway, I'm not sure. Do you remember all the verbiage, Julia? No, because you and Emily, Ashley were going, oh, please stop. No. Ashley hates when I get all piratey and confrontational on the water. And so, so I said, this is not an appropriate place. And he's like, oh, yeah, you and I'll finish this discussion when you ain't got all your grandkids on the boat with you. And I'm like, I would enjoy that. <laughs> now, I think he's like, yeah, I'd enjoy that too. I think he meant because he wanted to fight me at the boat ramp. But I really do want to have the discussion because any conflict I've ever had out there with people like that, we've been able to resolve it. And actually, most of them are my friends now. You know, <laughs> even once I've sprayed, I've shot. <laughs> we've had, we, we resolve it and we're friends. But a million reasons, I could give you a hundred reasons why I was right. But there was one reason, big reason why I was wrong, because that's not what God wanted me to do. You see that in life? We have, we have rights. There's even people violate those rights. People violate rules. People don't do it the way it's supposed to be. There's a million reasons why I was right. But I was wrong for one huge reason. It's not what God wanted me to do. Could I have putzed by? And could I have said, yeah, you know, I could have even handled it and said, man, Wisdom's been chasing you your whole life, and you've outrun it. You just kept on going, but I could have been really nice, but I, I wasn't. It was more like, yeah, I was doing my Captain Jack Sparrow, man. Like, this ain't the way you're supposed to do it, you know. And, but look at this. Your kingdom come. God's got a kingdom. What's the most important thing in his kingdom? The more people are coming into his kingdom. Is that how I handled that situation? Was I looking to bring people into the kingdom? No. I was just kind of, and again, I just remember it happening, and I was like, oh, no, you didn't, you know. If he wouldn't have been so emphatic on waving me, like, go, go, and I'm like, you have the whole channel, pal, you know. That's really, all of a sudden, my flesh kicked in. Does your flesh ever kick in? Does it ever kick in? And all of a sudden, man, your spiritual brain kicks off. My flesh kicked in, thy kingdom come. But if I had been thinking about that, I'd have been kingdom-minded. Because yes, I could have punched by. I could have even taken his boat numbers, looked him up, and checked him out later and had a nice conversation and, and, and handled it right. Or I could have just withdrawn and not dealt with it at all. Because I may never see this guy again. If I do, <laughs> y'all pray for us, all right? <laughs> but... <laughs> i got to be thinking of God's plan, the kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If that altercation would have happened in heaven, what do you think? You think you'd had two makeshift pirates yelling at each other? It wasn't very good for him. He had, because the little kid with the fishing rod was like, oh, and, and I, Keone and Lucas were kind of not sure what to think of it. Their parents were going, no, I can't do la, 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 la. And... <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good, it's not what we would have done in heaven if that would have happened. But yet, nevertheless, I needed the ability to pull it off, right? You know, even if I'd have known that's the right thing, I would have needed the ability. So what I'm trying to say is give us this day our daily bread. 
It's not always, oh, give me this material possession. Uh, how this works here, the provision I needed was to be able to swallow my pride and to be able to ignore the dude and go around so that if I ever did see him again, we wouldn't have to straighten this matter out before we could talk about Christ. I needed the provision to be able to handle it in a better way. I should have asked God, God, give me the way. But when the dude is going, yeah, yeah, I see him in my brain. I got a million right reasons to do it, but one wrong reason. God put that in my life to act a different way. How many of y'all think you would, Chuck, you ever get out there trying to be good? You're not going to cut anybody off. You're not going to take off, man. And then some, yay, they don't know the rules, right? And they're dropping in on you and they don't know who you are. It's just like, have you ever said you're going to do it the right? And all of a sudden it's like, oh, and then you got to talk to them later, right? I'm, you know what I'm saying, dude. There's just a way to do things. You got all the right reasons, 100 right reasons, but one wrong reason that outweighs them all is if that's not how God wants you to do it. So that's why we work back. I got to remember, God wants to give me provisions to fulfill my purpose in his plan. That's way more important than me being able to exercise my rights. You get that? It's way more important than for me to be able to exercise my rights. Because you know what? All of this world is going away. <laughs> This doesn't even matter. What matters, what would be the coolest thing is that guy ends up in the kingdom because I didn't act like him. I acted like Christ. So again, when you go there, your kingdom come, that's his what? Plan. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is your purpose in his plan. Give us this day our daily bread. That is my provisions for my purpose in his plan. And it's not just for something temporal. It may be something internal that you need to be able to act the way you're supposed to act in that situation. Let's pray. Father, I'm coming in the name of Jesus, and I'm grateful I can come in that way. I'm grateful that I can say, my Father, know that I'm not in this alone, and know that you are my eternal Father because you gave me a desire to surrender my life to Christ. and. Um, Father, you've done that with a bunch of us today. Uh, Father, when we surrendered, we didn't know what was next, but we knew who was in control of it. We knew it was you, and that was good enough. So, Father, if there's somebody here today that does not know they're going to heaven when they die, they do not know that they're going to be raptured when you suck your kingdom up into heaven for this wedding. Father, they don't know that they're going to be part of this thousand-year millennial kingdom, and then they're going to escape judgment at the white throne judgment because their name is written in your book, and your righteousness covers their sins. They don't know those things. But Father, they have a desire right now to surrender themselves to you. I pray if there's somebody here that needs to surrender to you, they would do that. Father, I pray they do it. There's none of us that have ever done it and wish we hadn't. Just thousands wish we had done it sooner. So Father, give them a desire they can't refuse to surrender themselves to you. But Father, as we go through this prayer, and we think daily about our Father. Father, help us just spend a great deal of our time thinking about the right thing, because if we're thinking about the right thing, we can't be thinking about the wrong thing. Help us think about our position and realize this world doesn't have that big a hold on us. 
Father, where we need resources, help us to remember your power, that you're the one who owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And if we truly needed some cows, you'd hook us up. And Father, when we realize we're in that position, Father, help us just spend great chunks of our day praying and praising you for who you are. But Father, help us get into that next section about your plan. Your kingdom is coming. <laughs> There's no, this is not some fantasy. This is not some discrepancy. People have discrepancies about this, just have a timing discrepancy. But everybody knows who's a believer, your kingdom is coming. Help us think about it to get our priorities straight. You have a plan, and we have the privilege of being a part of that plan. So help us, Father on a daily basis to fulfill our purpose in your plan by doing what those in heaven would do if they were put in the same position. And help us realize we don't have to do that in our own power, but that's why you told us to ask you. Give us this day our daily bread. Father, help us to look to you for the resources, for the power, for the desire, for the ability to fulfill our purpose in your plan because it's stuff that can't be mustered up in the flesh. It's stuff you have to do in our lives. Father, um, so help us take these six pieces this week before we get into the really tough ones next week, which is pardon and protection. But help us take these six pieces and focus. It's Jesus that said to pray like this. And if we will, we'll cover everything we need to have covered. We're grateful you're a God and you gave us this outline to pray. Help us to fall more in love with you so we can fall more in love with each other. And I pray for these things.